0: Hey, everybody, we are uh, talking about baldies. I'm not sure what order these will come out in, so we'll just uh, fuck it, go right into it. Uh, This category is meta. These are things that are trends we see uh, affecting the entertainment landscape, and... What I mean, it's just honestly it's of like it. shit that I wanted to talk about that has no it's, place. It's talking about podcast Anywhere else. It's talking about television and movie coverage, pop culture coverage. Yeah, pretty much. That's um, what's called meta. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What's the so you like binge mode better than Beyond Stranger Things or? Oh, we what have do you to rank them. Yeah, them I definitely think we should put Amazon movies below Netflix movies. So I think you're the one that really want to talk about Beyond Stranger Things slash Talking Dead. Um, I've got some thoughts on it as well. I want to hear your opening opening salvo. Yeah, I mean,
1: it was something I watched this year. Not Talking Dead. Let's let's get that straight. I watched Beyond Stranger. I did things. watch half of a Talking Dead. It's true. I watched about a minute and a half of each one uh-huh. after our live watches <laughs> um, but I watched the entirety of beyond stranger things and I I mostly enjoyed it like those those shows are always like a little dubious to me as far as their their quality and their value right um but when you have something like beyond stranger things where the the actors are there to just kind of get together and talk about the show I feel like that's kind of cool whereas talking dead is more of like It feels more for the fans, which is weird to say, because I know Beyond Stranger Things is too, but Talking Dead, it almost feels like they're talking to the fans instead of having a conversation with themselves.
0: Yeah. Um, To me- Or or it's more of a, it has more of a farce quality to it. To me, Beyond Stranger Things has the feel of a Blu-ray extra, Mm -hmm. whereas Talking Dead is more just- It feels like marketing. It just feels like straight up marketing to me. Or, Or, so- I've long said that I think where all of this pop culture entertainment and criticism is going is the ESPN model where like Talking Dead is going to be seen as like uh, the the big after show game or the big after game show uh, you know the we, we've we just won uh, or someone's just lost and we're going to talk about it and how that impacts things and how that changes our understanding of the league and we're going to bloviate and we're going to have obvious opinions we're going to shout at each other and and we're we're going to piss off a lot of fans, we're going to delight others and we're just going to just generate a, a maximum media entertainment and then i think beyond stranger things is like espn not a documentary but when they like sit down and have interviews with a like quarterback or the defensive coordinator the head coach and they try to get like in a little deeper yeah you know, it, it's actually more informative and less in the moment. Right. And I think there's room for both of those. And I think mm-hmm. Bald Move fits in as part of that. But like, yeah, I think that it would not surprise me if in ten years there is a there is an entertainment network, and it, maybe it's on YouTube, maybe it's not on cable. That yeah. is twenty four seven talking about television. There's reality. There's there's a reality hour. There's a drama hour. There's a comedy hour. There's a what's coming. There's every show has a uh, 30 minute after show. Like, I think that I think that'll I don't see what's going to stop that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out where that fits into like our coverage
1: of television. we right?
0: we are like, do we cover the shows question. that cover shows like that? <laughs> I think we are those shows. We're, but, but we're uh, certain to a, certainly to a degree. But, yeah. But we don't fit I mean, into either one of those because we are it's sure. all because this is something. This is something that doesn't that the ESPN doesn't really have the whole like two days after the big game mm-hmm. let's have two and they're not even cuz let's have two knowledgeable fans break down the f- film footage and say what works what doesn't now that's a show right. I would fucking watch like, I feel like they have access to the coaches, Cam. They're uh-huh. not coaches. They're not insiders. They're not former players, although maybe they can provide – but but two fans that are, that are students of the game break it down at that that kind of intermediate level understanding. Mm-hmm. Now, the scary thing is why hasn't ESPN done something like that? Is it because the NFL doesn't want to cooperate? It's because – uh, they're they're secretive and insiderish. Is it because the outsider's view is just not that important in the grand scheme of things? But mm-hmm. I think it's weird because like outsiders' view of politics, outsiders' view of science, all that other stuff is like gar- like has almost no value at all. But entertainment is so low stakes and so accessible. I almost think it does. Yeah, it's weird to me. Like I'm I'm trying to compare this to
1: the way that other award shows do it because like. Let's say there are 15 of these, right? There's mm-hmm. one for every single show that we cover throughout the year. Do we have at some point a category that is like best after show, best talk show based on a show? And, and I guess I would see that as like a useful, warranted thing, but like I don't, I don't ever see anybody doing that. Like if you look at like Games Awards and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't really honor like best studio, or best hmm. publisher they for don't? the year or whatever. But they surely... There's got to be a they category like for best, best games
0: journalism or best best new YouTube series or, like, Giant Bomb has never won the award for, like, video game coverage. I, or, I don't think anybody does that kind of stuff. Hmm.
1: No, like, awarding the people well, who covered the... What's weird it, about it is... This is weirder because it's not even, like, the people who are covering yeah. it, right? It's
0: But that's because at some level you get... You 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 get to where it's not turtles all the way down, right? Uh-huh. So let's say they do the best show about a show. Yeah. Then is there a best show about the show that's about the show? And who judges? But nobody's that? right. Nobody's covering beyond
1: Stranger Things and talking about like that show in detail. No, but there is maybe some, eventually someone
0: does. But I know because you know we've got a lot of like. Just like people have inspired us, like Bill mm-hmm. Simmons and and uh, Jay and Jack kind of inspired us, we've inspired others, and I've become aware of a me- of a of a, a meta level of fandom mm-hmm. where you know they discuss our opinions about the show in like groups and stuff, and we yeah. you know hell we have one in the forums, and that's always surreal to see people debating what I meant about my comments and stuff, but like I feel like. It would almost have to be a people's choice because the second you started, like, like is there – could there be a podcast about the Walking Dead podcast? Could there be a podcast about the Game of Thrones podcast? Well, I
1: think there's got to be a hierarchy, right? Like – we wouldn't be the ones awarding best podcast yes, on a TV right. that's show. that's where I was getting at, It'd be yeah. the next The next in line would be, like, best podcast on a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there are lists out there already like Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, like there's a podcast awards, and they have those categories. Right. But, but nobody's talking about, like, oh, what's the best after show yet? And that's kind of where my head's at going into the new year where – we may see, you know, we see a lot of these things. Because um, you got Buzz. you got
0: the, the Mister Robot after show. You got the Mister, yeah. But those, see, and you also have to draw a distinction between the ones that are official and the ones that are unofficial, right? Right. Because I think that the official ones have more access, but frequently the unofficial ones are more interesting. Now, that's my bias because I'm an unofficial.
1: Well, I, I think they they are necessarily um, less biased. I mean, I don't think that any network is going to let you get on the screen on their airtime and say, fuck USA. They made a terrible Mr. Robot season yeah. or fuck The Walking did, did Dead. Did
0: anyone ever in Beyond Stranger Things, probably not because they re- I'm sure they recorded that. They had to record it in advance of the release of the season. But was there any discussion about the seventh episode and how that was such a fundamentally change of... Because I, I watched no, the first four I, and I stopped.
1: It, it, they they, started they talk about how different it is, but they don't talk... They they probably wouldn't, even if they had this kind of, like,
0: foresight, be able to talk about, like, how the fans reacted to it. Yeah. See, because I think that's, to me, a, a miss. Like, yeah. if I was the uh But that's not the their job, I if, I, if I was the dean. Right. Uh, I think one of the jobs, my jobs would be, is like, okay, this is before... I mean, it's hard to do with Talking Dead because it's already out and people are reacting on Twitter and everything. But, like, it's it's this laboratory experiment where it hasn't been unleashed you guys knew you took a risk, or you guys you knew you broke broke the format, or you made mm-hmm. uh, a tough editing choice when you decided to not thread this and make it its own. Yeah. Like, what do you guys think about? Were you worried at all? Were you like, and I would like to hear that before it's tainted by any outside information. Like, what all, or because sometimes I think everything's maybe cocksure, and they just made these decisions, but I bet a lot of times those, those decisions are kind of torturous because there is, it's kind of like when we make internal decisions about Bald Move, like, mm. fuck, it's just us two. We try to make our best guess and we put it out there, and yeah. it either sinks or swims. But you know, uh, I'm sure the Duffer Brothers uh, take Stranger Things at least as seriously as we do the Paul Move business. Sure, yeah, I would so, hope so. And the other thing is, is like it's interesting that after shows about things that are universally lauded are easier than after shows about things that are divisive. Absolutely. Because like, if Stranger Things were a worse show their glibness and uh, self-congratulations and cute stories on a set would seem Mm -hmm. saccharine and jarring rather than oh look at these kids they're so cute and oh it's their first kid and like you know
1: yeah no it's uh, the contrast between talking dead and it's kind of why i mentioned these two beyond stranger things and talking dead could not be more different in that regard yeah like everybody involved in the walking dead in talking dead right knows that the fans are unhappy, by and large, with it's, the show they're making, and yet they pretend yeah. as if nothing is wrong.
0: Another comparison is if you look at the behind-the-scenes information about the prequel trilogy of Star Wars versus the behind-the-scenes documentaries about the like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh-huh like what like even though this is an official thing that was produced by lucasfilm like there is quiet desperation all over the fucking place right you can see it hide it with that you can see it when like when you film george coming through and stamping face alien face designs you can see in the artist's faces and then you compare that with the guy who's like joyously grinding his 1100th orc sword and you know it's like yeah, you can't yeah. you can't hide it. If you do if you do any kind of behind the scenes stuff, uh you're going to catch that. Like you're gonna catch those whiffs of, Oh, this might not have been the most fun thing to work on or mm-hmm. just like I think you can see in the tightness of Chris Hardwick's eyes sometimes. Sure. The yeah. whole like, Oh god, I'm willingly putting yeah. myself in this stockade for tomatoes and stones to hit my face. I <laughs> Alright. Um where do you think I'm just trying to figure out, does does it have a future as a category? Because
1: there are going to be more and more of these. I know of at least three this year, um, a couple of which I – well, one of which I thought was good and two of
0: which I thought were marginal. Uh, Can I have a
1: selfish opinion? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't
0: want it ever to be a bald move category because I don't want to commit to watching this shit. Okay, (laughs) yeah. Like maybe it could be a user category, but I like I want to have the freedom that if I really enjoy something, and as a fan, because that's the other thing, is like, the difference between us and, like, critics is I don't I don't have to watch every fucking screener that someone sends me. I was going to say, that's the good thing about the Baldies, is you don't. Right. <laughs> like, this is
1: not about, like, what was the best on but I, TV I, this year. Am I ever going to see a
0: year? I mean, I don't know, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Right. But what I found is the deeper I get into Bald Move, the less podcasts I listen to about like general pop culture, and the more I get into other side interests, that have nothing to do because I I spend right forty plus hours a week watching, engaging, reading mm-hmm. pop culture takes. So like in my free time, so I don't know. Like I I would be I, I can't see a year where we'd have more. It's kind of like the documentary. sometimes. Maybe it's one of those categories where any year where there's a lot of interesting after shows, we can talk about it. But then if we haven't watched a bunch, then it just kind of submarines and goes away. Sure. I don't want to make it like a best drama, a Baldi's drama, where like every fucking year we have to crown a winner and there's a field of twenty or thirty that go through and so Yeah, I guess it gets more conspicuous
1: that we're not doing it as more of these shows come up though. Yeah. Um it's kinda of like if we just sort of stuck with the weekly format even though Netflix was dropping seasons at a time. Um, it would get more and more conspicuous that we're behind the times. Right, right. I, I want to keep ahead of this stuff and, like, figure out how to address it. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's a question for, like, when Bald Move starts growing, when yeah. we have more employees that can, you know, contribute to the Baldies. Instead of just us two having to do it all.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be that. ultimately that's the answer for a lot of these things. The fact. It's an
1: answer, but it's a, it raises a lot of questions too. Like how do yeah. we determine the winner when Who gets multiple people or, are voting and some of us and
0: the majority of us haven't seen a show right. and like But that yeah. I mean I mean honestly that's one of the problems with like the Oscars and the Emmys is that you've yeah. got this theoretically the Oscars and Emmys should be the most relevant because it's the people insider in the industries that are like, you know people making high art judging other high art but in practice you get a bunch of busy overworked people that don't have time to watch anything in the current zeitgeist because they're busy making you know whatever the the latest paul thomas anderson movie or whatever or you've got has-beens that are out of touch and you know and there's money by the way should we make – I mean, that, we'll say that for an out, out intro, but we still have not received a bag of money. We st- No, we have not received a bag there's of money. This, there's the canary in the, the, bank, the bank vault. <laughs> right. Uh, Maybe is, next is year is chirping. the year where we –
1: either A, here's
0: what I know is going to happen. We're uh-huh. going to forget to say it one year. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't wait. because we're taking money. I can't money, wait. Just... And, I, I'm, and I, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone can write a tell-all book about the spreading corruption, uh, corruption of We're going to have some fires to put out. Uh, We talked a little about Binge Mode over the year, but do we want to talk about Binge Mode as a pop culture phenomenon? If you don't know, yeah. Binge Mode is a podcast that Jason and Mallory over at The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons' newest uh, media enterprise, Uh, they were... Often appearing on the the short lived After the Throne show on HBO, oh, shit, that was another one. Uh, he was yeah. the well, it, it got axed last year. Uh, it, he was the maester on The Ringer, uh, J- uh, uh, and they they did a where the what the, the the story that I've heard is that they essentially locked themselves in a conference room in the Ringer hall in the Ringer office and literally binged Game of Thrones and recorded a podcast for every episode, and they mm-hmm. did it in the off season leading up the season. Season 7. Is this a thing? Is this a thing that can so, be easy? Because, yeah. you know, one of the things that we found, a, one of the principles we found on A Bald Move was identify how other people could eat our lunch and try to get at the table first. So uh, This, is, this I, is a potential way that people could eat our lunch. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is uh, it something we need to worry about? Is it something I, that can I mean, be replicated? Uh, something
1: different from what we're doing, certainly. But I think there are there are pros and cons to this thing, right? Yeah. Like. The pro to me is that it provides potentially better coverage as you go through the season. So, like, it, it, we this year we did season two in retrospect of Game of Thrones, yeah, right? We did the rewatch and we went through and I watched every episode of season two and we did a podcast on it. But fuck me if I remember when things happen or what has already happened at that point, right? Mm-hmm. We watched season one a year ago. Mm-hmm. Between then, I've watched season seven. Now, I'm going back to season two. It's all kinds of fucked up, and in my head, I can't keep anything straight. Hmm. So, I, the thing that Binge Mode in my mind has going for it is that it it provides continuity, I guess, yeah. for the podcasters, and you can, go, you can go... Like, when we do the Stranger Things binge mode stuff, mm-hmm. um, I end up Feeling like I've done a better job covering the series because I have all of it fresh in my mind. Right. Um, especially this year when we did season one right into season two. Right. I was
0: like, everything okay, I know, like I know everything about this show. Yeah. yeah. if Someone asked you to write down a timeline. But do you think... Right. I mean, because I, mean, I want to push back a little bit on that. You really don't think you'd remember what season Battle of the Blackwater happened or what season the Red Wedding happened or... Um, because I I've got like big, I, not those things, but the minor things. Like yes, the big
1: milestone benchmark episode, right. sure. Like hard home. Okay, I know when that happened. But when but, in, Varus, if you're asking me, Varus, yeah, when Littlefinger when does like, Varys recruit
0: R- Roz into his I don't fucking know spy network. No fucking idea. Yeah. So.
1: It's not the big things, obviously. It's the little things. Yeah, and the little things which are add what usually, a lot of color to your yeah, and then the little
0: things are what you know you get you get nailed on for being a supposed subject matter right. expert yeah. and failing on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it has that advantage, and and
1: it has others. Do you? But the other thing is like I,
0: I, I think it's one of those lightning in the bottle type situations where the ringer was a relatively new enterprise. These were these were relatively new talents. And they had a single passion, like these guys. Uh, these guy, this guy and gal, was were really geeked about Game of Thrones, had a very deep knowledge, and they had a lot of fun doing it together. But now they're doing binge mode weekly, mm-hmm. so now they're in the pop culture potpourri lane. How the hell are they ever going to do another binge mode? I mean, I've, I've heard that they are going to do another binge mode, but it's one of those things where you can't do it on the same show. And and it's and like you either have like- to keep Jason. And, see here, you either have to keep Jason and Mallory as the binge mode team, uh-huh. and they're they're detached They're like a special forces thing where they just drop in and they consume four seasons of television. Like they could do a binge mode of Mister Robot. That actually might be what they're doing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they could, you know, in a couple seasons, do a binge mode Westworld or or, or whatever. And then they're always free to do that. But the problem with that is, are, are, are Jason and Mallory as geeked about Mr. Robot as they are about Game of Thrones? Or you they they start you know like like since there's not everything since there's not another game of thrones that they can binge mode all the time they have to start picking their poison and like you know get start just covering general sci-fi fantasy and then they're less free to do the binge mode stuff it's the same thing like you know bald move kind of gets in like the the weekly stuff gets in gets in the way of the longer term big picture things you want to do especially when your team is small so like Mm -hmm. i don't know that it's replicatable because you can't just take i mean that's you can't just take two, uh, uh, several random fans, or maybe not even fans, some random personalities and tell them, hey, do a deep dive on this series. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like the after buzz approach, and it's like, eh. And you also can't take two people that are passionate about a single subject and then throw them on either a different subject or a re- semi related subject and be like, hey, you love Star Wars. Now do a deep dive on Star Trek. Now do a deep dive on Battlestar Galactica. Now yeah. do a deep dive on The Expanse. like, okay... And you also can't re-binge the same show that you are passionate right, about. Right, right. Because what
1: the fuck does that look like? Right. Every season we're going to re-binge the whole series. and, and that's the
0: other, Yeah, you, and you also, like, so now do they go through, I mean, I know they did season seven, but, like, when season eight comes back. Now they're just a weekly co- show like us. Their continuity yeah. has been broken, so. Their format's gone. Um,
1: I, and I mean, and it's after a great, the fact, yeah. a binge mode podcast becomes just a regular podcast, right? Because yes. all of our back catalog is bingeable. You right. could sit down and you could binge every single episode. It's not back to the back the, back. the
0: thing it misses is it doesn't have the like like the, the backward about. looking and forward looking throughout the whole yeah. like what 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 lives and breathes throughout the whole thing. But then again, unless you're doing that on a show that already has aired, which is going right. to be not as popular. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's one of those weird edge cases because way back when when we were first doing Bald Move professionally, I had this idea of this pop culture college where a person would sit and make 10 to 15 minute supercuts of seasons of television that would give you the bare, uh, the bare minimum in a very fast and entertaining way of the plot points and the character development. So the theoretically, the, 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 the main use is going to be like cliff notes. Okay. Um, a, a season, a new season is about to start. It's been 18 months since you saw the last one. So watch this hour and 15 minutes and it will, and you will be fully refreshed to enjoy it at a maximum the mm-hmm. the other use case was, like, I am eight seasons behind on Game of Thrones. All my friends talk about Game of Thrones. I want to know enough to talk about it intelligently. i want to use the cliff notes to cheat. And then, you know, there's all kinds of edge cases. But I, I feel like that that's a little bit related to binge mode. Binge mode just took it to an nth degree because... Except they did long form stuff. They did a long form, which the the form. the drawback of that is... I think binge it's mode... not bingeable, <laughs> right? Binge, binge mode only appe- appeals to the super hardcore fans. Well, I, I, I misspoke. It is
1: it is very bingeable. Um, you can listen back to back to back to back, but it will take you a very long. It's not time compressed, right? To get through it, right? Right. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, there there are two different approaches, obviously. But I I think yes, like financially, I'm I'm curious to see what binge mode does because, um. That's a format that kind of lends itself to flash in the pan kind of feeling. Like mm-hmm. you, you fire up a new show on the last season of, you know, let's let's do a binge mode for the final season of this show. Mm-hmm. We caught all these new listeners, awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, yeah, that was the last season of the show. Right. Shit, they're all of our listeners are gone now when we move on to our new show, right? Because they don't care about The Sopranos or. Star Galactica. Whatever. and if we
0: pick a new show to get them excited, <laughs> then you about. can't binge it. Like, what are you going to do? And if you get a new show, just like I said, are is, are these people the audience? Because guess like, that's the thing, right. like you they know, might a lot not of people come along with you. Hey, I like Jim and Aaron. I want them to cover my favorite TV show. Well, Jim and Aaron doesn't give a shit necessarily about your favorite TV show. They give a shit about their favorite TV <laughs> show, exactly. And yeah. and like if you want to come along with this, great. But a lot of time, I mean, that a lot of time we shed massive amounts of audience when we move from one show to the other. Yeah it's a very small core nucleus of people probably watching this video that, that like follow us no matter, you know, where, where we go. So I, it's definitely a cool concept. It was yeah. lightning in a bottle. It was very exciting. I was very happy for Jason and Mallory. to seemed like decent people. And I liked, I actually listened to a few because that's, yeah you know, before game of Thrones started, I had a little bit of time and, and I tried to try out the field. Um, and I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's like, how can we roll that into bald move? That's that's a little bit tougher. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, that, that binge mode
1: idea where you go back and watch, like, a lot of episodes of a show I don't think will work for us because, A, we don't have the time. We're but two people. Um, and, B, we just don't do a lot of back catalog coverage, right? Like, we, at most, will, like, binge a season to get caught up to season two because we missed a show that was awesome in yeah. its debut and yeah. it just wasn't on our radar, you know, right. and that like stranger things. Yeah. We, we did that. We went back and binged it, but that was one season and it was kind of the exception to the rule. So I, I don't know if like binging five seasons
0: of a thing will, or of a show will ever be a thing for us. Yeah. Uh, what to do are we, I'm, I'm assuming we're ready to move on yeah, what yeah, to yeah. do about Netflix slash Amazon movies. So That's like, tough. Oh, well, with Amazon movies, you can just ignore them,
1: <laughs> pretty much. What is it about Amazon that just isn't hitting the zeitgeist like Netflix?
0: Well – Because I don't think Amazon has bald had mo- bad shows. No, no, I think and, and it's and just heard, not... There's a lot of them that get, like, you know, a lot of – well Men in the High cast, man of the High Castle, little yeah. transparent. Um, right, transparent. What – so I don't know that's fair. It, it it certainly hasn't captured our magic. and I think it's because there is a limited amount of sources that you can pay attention to. Sure. For yeah. example, I really liked American Gods on Stars. Ask me the last time I watched Stars. This season it was finale Ashford, of Dead. season one, American. <laughs> so like, if Stars has something new and awesome, I have to hear about it from the walls the Greenwalds, the Bald Move fans of the world, or yeah. I'm not because I'm I, I they didn't convert me into a watcher. And the same thing with Amazon. I. Amazon is what I do hit up when I want to watch something for a commissioned podcast yeah because I'm renting something I'm renting something and there's no I have no I mean we've thought about like it's been on our like Big strategic board that you know this is a unique thing we could do. Like when they have these pilots right. debut, we could go through and watch these five shows and have an opinion on it, and then
1: de- yeah, and be the tastemakers on that kind of stuff. But.
0: but the problem is, like, I don't know that there's value for guys that watch a pilot and opine on it and then never follow up or do anything with it because we already. Well, have. I
1: mean, that's that's kind of what Amazon is doing itself, right? When they do this pilot season, yeah, they're inviting people to have an opinion on the show right and to to give them that opinion so i feel like it's kind of set up to do that we can just get on there we can watch a single pilot of for a show and just say what we think of the show and then if it comes back and we thought it was awesome maybe continue from there but i kind of like the idea of us you know getting into the pilot game because it's something that Amazon does that's sort of unique. Um, mm-hmm. Netflix
0: never airs pilots before right. the show. Do you know why? I think it's because Netflix is the one that Amazon's chasing. Amazon, what do you Amazon mean? Amazon does what this. What does that have to do with
1: Netflix not doing it?
0: Because Netflix doesn't feel like they need to. Amazon is doing this because they are trying to get a buzz around. Like They are like, please watch our shows and talk about it. Mm. Where Netflix is like, we got these shows. You're going to talk about it. Like it's it's the confidence of an established brand that is got a fire going that they're pouring gas on versus Amazon that's rubbing two sticks together and trying to make it spark. And again, right. I don't. That's an imperfect analogy because there's there there are fans. They have it but it in. And I, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like that the Amazon stuff is not quite as big as the Netflix stuff in the way that Netflix <laughs> stuff isn't quite as big as the HBO stuff. Mm. And I think it's funny that we haven't mentioned Hulu yet, which is kind of the other player who's
1: trying to do the Netflix thing and well, it's, cause, is failing as much as Amazon is.
0: Well, we'll see because what I've seen Hulu do is make a bunch of first seasons of decent stuff and then having trouble following up on that. Yeah we'll see if they do better with the handmaid's tale um but yeah i mean who i mean is is hulu behind amazon probably i guess i don't know but they had something about they had they also had in a way that i don't know that amazon has ever had they had a pretty consensus top 10 show this year if i'm looking across Mm -hmm. all the different media outlets and them doing their year-end yeah um in in handmaid's tale where amazon like Manhag, has always talked about it's like oh it's a really good show is it anybody's top 10 i don't think it's ever been top of the lake uh for hulu season two is that making consistently people's top 10 lists i i i haven't seen it i've seen it on one who <laughs> andy greenwald oh okay <laughs> all right um, I, know. I know you love him yeah i yeah, know he's my favorite uh I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, but I but guess he, specifically about the But we haven't even about talked the about the actual issue. Yeah.
1: So, well, I mean, the, how to deal with like Na- Amazon, Netflix kind of stuff is part of the issue. But yes, the movies. This is a, this is a new thing that even so, like
0: like as Netflix has started making movies and some of them yeah. like Gerald's Game. Amazon's been making movies for a while. Nineteen twenty two were were pretty good and well received. Mm-hmm. Um, do we lump, and do we lump them in with movies? Do we lump them with TV? Um, yeah, it's tough. Um, are they made for TV
1: movies? That's damn with can't, faint praise. Uh, so you're saying like, do we lump them in the drama category or? Some kind of secondary category, like we do with movies currently, because mm-hmm. we don't put any movies in contention for best drama.
0: Right. So we also don't. So here's the here's the argument, I guess. Um, we don't separate comedies from drama in movies. As a consequence, no comedy will probably win a Baldy in a movie category because we we have we have we have seen that no matter how good a comedy is when it goes up against the best of the dramas for whatever reason we assign those heightened emotions of drama better than side splitting hilarious emotions of comedy sure so we and the same thing with like why do we divide in a perfect world you wouldn't divide best male and female actor Mm -hmm. but in a world where the majority of the roles go like the the, the juicy dramatic roles have traditionally gone to men it seems unfair to to make women run that gauntlet when you know in a a world where 50 50 of the big hits have a male or female lead then maybe we can stop doing that we're a ways away from that like the same way we have to handicap comedy versus drama it feels unfair, as as good as Gerald's game is, to put it in a ca- category where you have two hundred million dollar blockbusters and. But but why can't it like? Yeah, you said they're essentially
1: made for TV movies, but better quality.
0: Yeah, like Moonlight last year uh, was an indie darling. I'm sure its budget was modest. I I wouldn't. I'm talking at my ass. But if it was more than ten million dollars, I'd be shocked. Its lead was the third or fourth banana on House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Really, that and, and he was the second villain on Luke Luke Cage. Like I, I think that that what I'm saying is Moonlight could have been a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. It could have been an Amazon movie, but if it was, would it have won an Oscar? Because it also doesn't have that machine behind it. Yeah, I mean, I think it. And, and since we're when since we're more of a fan critic cast than a professional cast, like we feed on that machine as much as anything. Because you someone can make the best fucking movie of all time. If it didn't have an advertising campaign where people started talking about it, we started seeing it, we'd never watch it. Right. So I, I don't. I, I I really don't like again. Jail's game, 1922, great horror films. Um, they were great. Released at a, a good time in the year. None of them are going to hit a top ten movie list, but like there'll come a day where they do. But I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know what to do with them. It, it feels unfair to put them in yeah. television. It feels unfair to put them in the movies, and it feels. Right. It feels arbitrarily second class to call them made for TV movies. Well, I arbitrarily second
1: class, I don't know because like you made what I consider an apt comparison between us and professionals, right? We don't we simply do not have the resources to make something that a professional studio could make. Right. So in that sense I don't think it's arbitrary. I think like the reason you have like you know in sports amateur leagues and professional leagues is because the amateurs just don't have the the time or the money to devote all of their skills and resources to this one thing so they're never going to be as good it's just not possible and i'm not saying you have to have a huge budget to make an amazing film i'm simply saying the the you hurdle have have, there you have is to have so a studio behind easier.
0: you to get to the sun dances to get to the cans to get to sure like yeah, cause, to cause get it, the exposure yeah right or, um, it, or it goes nowhere
1: yeah, so, like, I don't know that it's an arbitrary decision to break up, like, big-budget Hollywood movies versus, like, smaller-budget Netflix, Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, made-for-TV kind of stuff. Right. I, I feel like that might be a warranted, warranted category. Yeah. Um. The, the made-for-streaming movie.
0: Uh-huh. Made-for-streaming. It just seems like... I mean, because Seven Wall was fighting that fight for a while. It feels like that he was trying to, or maybe I'm getting it's another credit. I'm getting it wrong, but he was trying to distinguish between like real, like, or maybe he was expressing frustration. With people trying to do this, but he, the, there was this discussion about, well, this Netflix stuff isn't television. Television is the television is things were televised over broadcast television, and and <laughs> and you know, it's, hmm. a, it's a medium argument more than an art form argument. Like, is a photograph of a painting. Could you – do you judge that differently than the painting itself? I feel like, like it should
1: be a format argument, though. Yeah, like, like, let's compare these as much apples to apples as we can, right? Right. If it, now, it gets blurry, and we'll maybe talk about that in a second. But if I can draw out a story and get so much more nuanced and detailed in a 10-hour production mm-hmm. than an hour-and-a-half production – How are you going to ever compare those two?
0: Well, that's the interesting thing why television has kind of won this primacy over movies of late, because television used to self-handicap by saying, oh, shit, we can't tell these big, complex stories, maybe a two-parter or a season cliffhanger, because, Jesus Christ, someone tunes in in the middle of season three, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this shit? I don't understand what's going on. I'm going to check out. Whereas movies could tell a two- to three-hour story, which was two- to three-times more complex than a television show could possibly do. Right. Television, of recently, has said, well, fuck that. We can spend 72 hours telling our story. Yeah. Um, And now movies feel like – I mean – well – I, I, they're not They're thin. almost handicapped
1: by their format, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I say that movies are now, – now movies are movies and television are just a different thing. Um, but the knock on television is no longer – it's a smaller screen for smaller people to go perform at. Sure. Um, yeah. I don't – that's why I'm saying you're yeah, right. Like it's, it seems dumb to me that you would decide to arbitrarily split – broadcast television from cable television from right. premium television they're doing from stream the same television. fucking thing like the and, medium well, that is this... transferred to your eyeballs and ear holes yeah. shouldn't now just like i said but but you could also make structural arguments where like well just netflix doesn't have big studio promotion money and right they can't get that's it that's where into... we come back to the made for tv kind of thing right, right? Right, but that's not that that's not even talking about the quality of the thing it's the quality of the promotional engine behind and it. And I just don't think that's true. I don't think there's the same divide
1: between like made for TV movies as there is made for streaming TV. Right. You know, like made for streaming TV is a big fucking industry now. It's enormous. Yeah. Um and it's about to eclipse like made for broadcast television TV. Yeah. So like I, I'm fully of the belief that if HBO didn't have to m- make their show for terrestrial TV, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't. Mm. They probably wouldn't. They just put it on their streaming service and say, "Hey, here's Game of
0: Thrones." Oh no, totally. I think that you're— they want to do that. We're, they just we're, can't, you know? we're witnessing, like you know, I've always, I've well, I've said this for years now that like there's some bean counter that has a yeah. scale in his office to second their revenue from HBO Go and HBO Now. Eclipses that from the 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 sweetheart deal they get from the the cable companies, mm-hmm. they will they'll go streaming only. I mean, yeah. wh- why wouldn't they maximize their profits? No,
1: they've been everybody's moving that way, and it's like, and you can see that with the budgets, right? Like the TV that is on streaming services getting much much better. The
0: problem with that is it's it's not very customer friendly because. Like, cord cutters are quickly finding if you want to watch everything, you either yeah. have to pirate the shit out of no, stuff, these, uh, or you have, to, <laughs> you have to pay five bucks for stars.com. You know who wasn't surprised by that? You and I. Yeah, like, we have right. talked about
1: this shit for years, how it just becomes this a la carte right. version of what you're already doing. Right. Yeah, no. You're, you're going to pay just as much. It's not cheaper and, to cut and, the cord. And, it's more and, convenient.
0: And- don't, don't act like it's cheaper, though. And with the dis- dissolution of the concept of net neutrality, it's going to get even worse. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Like, there's been this, like, five-year cord-cutter nirvana, but—and then that nirvana is largely fueled by piracy, too. Because people, like—everyone that I know is a cord-cutter is a huge pirate. Huh. Everyone. Everyone that I know that is, is like, a vociferous cord-cutter pirates the shit out of stuff on a regular basis. Now, they might not think they are. They Mm -hmm. might have a jailbroken fire stick— they that using popcorn just TV magically or whatever, yeah. serves up this professional looking thing where it looks like it's all but no, all that shit is pirated Yeah, uh, and that's it's like more this is, This reminds me of a lot like this is just stuff, just the shit we went through with music mm-hmm. like you had Napster and fucking Kazaa and then the music industry got wise and was like we'll, we'll just make it to where people can download this shit for 99 cents it's right. weird that movies are kind of already there Maybe movies need to be ninety nine cents. They need to stop being three ninety nine for high def. Whew. Yeah, that's a tough sell when something costs you two hundred million dollars to make.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I but y- yeah, make your money in the the luxury lounger reserved seating theaters. Yeah, and then make your profit on dollar streaming.
0: Right, right. Because maybe so. I don't. I don't know. Because again, you know. I don't think you can make the piracy go away ever. Sure. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that's been the course of human history. But also I believe that uh you know, we have to support art and artists so the art and art can get made. So like there's a yeah. middle ground here somewhere. Um I don't know, for at, at at 4 bucks a pop, uh people are still pirating pirating television shows and movies. So
1: Yeah, I mean we just don't we don't know what to do necessarily with like Amazon and Netflix movies yet. Um it's something we're thinking about
0: for next year. I think as far as like this is something we're keeping, all our, mind. These we're keep, we're keeping our eyes on. It like I right. I want to I'm gonna first worry when I see a Netflix movie and think oh shit that's got real top five potential yeah for movies or television shows mm-hmm. um, hasn't happened yet. Ah, notable exceptions. So these are things that we anticipate people asking, why didn't this get talked about on the Baldies? And we have, uh, hopefully, a pithy response. Uh, First up, Orange is the New Black. I watched the first three episodes of this, and it was a real-time telling of a prison riot in this women's prison that didn't feel at all like Orange is the New Black, and I just was out. Hmm. I was just out, uh... And I it was I wasn't even too busy to do it. It's more just like it I I, I kinda was on the fence last year and this year I'm just like I'm done. I'm done. And I don't see it getting in anybody's even top twenty, so I don't feel I feel justified that. The Americans, I'm allergic (laughs) to this television show. And I haven't seen just it like, in you, like can't two kid, years, you can't so. tell a kid you can't tell a kid the peanut allergies. Oh, just try the peanut butter fudge; it's so good! It's so right. it's it's so good. Just try folding up the body and stuffing it in the
1: suitcase. It, it's, just,
0: it's 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 delicious. I just I'm going to break out in hives and my ass <laughs> will itch for a week, and I'm just not going to do it. All right. I just dated the last time that I've watched the Americans. <laughs> right. By the way, right? Uh, Twin Peaks. Ago. I completely ran out of time. I actually. This is my peanut allergy. <laughs> this is your. This is Jim's peanut allergy. I just. I just ran out of time. I. Yeah. I may, Twin Peaks broke me. I was excited that I could get in because I thought it was like an eight season, or an eight episode season with like your standard fifty minute runtime, and I it's like sixteen David sometimes Lynch hour and a do half long standard. episodes and. Game of Thrones hit and 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 I and I and I fu- and I fucked that up because I really enjoyed. I did binge all or nearly all of the classic Twin Peaks series, mm-hmm. um, and this is getting consistent top ten buzz. I feel like yeah. it is it's combination Even of exception. Fans. It's one of our biggest misses, um, and I. Uh, I know I couldn't get this guy to do it with me, but I had several passionate Twin Peaks people that I respect and admire that would have done it with me. Who are
1: already podcasters and probably already. Who's already already? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: Yep. I had some of the the Shankles. (laughs) I had uh, the Shane Bowman's. I had a couple others that I was looking forward to doing stuff with, and it just. Got away from me.
1: Yeah, it hit like very soon after we did the commission podcast on Twin Peaks, and you yeah. had
0: started watching through the original series. and because yeah, like, I, I I'm gonna was... power
1: through a hundred hours of Twin Peaks. Yeah, and, and I did. I did. I, I powered, powered through, through like the thirty hours yeah.
0: of of Twin Peaks, and then I got to like two or three episodes of the, and it just it just uh, uh, I'm going to watch it. It just no. isn't eligible for this Baldy because neither of us have seen enough of it to to. To have an opinion on it. Speaking My- of not having seen enough,
1: Mindhunter. Yeah, Mindhunter. Uh I watched the first 10 minutes of that and I did not like what I saw. Yeah. It seemed like every other generic procedural this time w- with the negotiator. <laughs> like mm-hmm. okay, what is special about this show? Right. Um and I gr- I grant you I did not give it enough of a chance. Uh-huh. But what I saw turned me off almost instantly.
0: Yeah, and I had similar reaction. I watched the first episode and it hit at the time at the, at the part uh, uh, part of the schedule where it would have had to really grab me by the nuts. Yeah. to continue on and I didn't. So, but a lot of people talk about this like it did for them. Yeah. And I don't I also I don't, I don't
1: understand it, but
0: I don't something. like true crime, like you know, that's kind of like and also if I do like true crime, like it's it's one of those things where it's an occasional taste like uh I really liked True Detective. It's not true crime, first of all. But that uh, he kind of like scratched my my itch for a good long while. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'm I'm not gonna defend it. It's just like these are the notable exceptions. Yep. It's a great uh it's 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 widely consensus top twenty, even some top ten pick. It just didn't grab us, we didn't cover it. Uh godless Same thing, it came real late in the season, I was super busy, it looked good, Um, I liked the concept of of, of a a female dominant cast in a Wild West setting, I love uh, fucking uh, Princess Mary from Downton Abbey, Uh, it had the... uh, the, the, It's amazing for a female...
1: A quote unquote female centered show, how Uh non female centric this first episode was. Uh, Oh, did you watch watch the first first episode? Yeah. Uh Um, Eric this weekend said, Hey, you need to watch Godless. It's awesome. Uh, So I checked out the the first episode. It's only like a seven episode mini series kind of thing. Did you Um, like it? Limited engagement. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. Uh, But I was shocked at just how male centric it was. (laughs) You've you've essentially got one
0: like. It's all marketed as
1: like women kicking ass in the West. Maybe it gets. I think it's going to get more of that um, as the series goes on, but the pilot was definitely not that. The pilot was more the setup of here are. I wonder the if it's kind like of like this first episode of Fargo,
0: where like if you didn't know anything about Fargo season one, you would think that the the dashing male sheriff was going to be the lead. Right. He's immediately killed, and then it's about it's Molly's Molly's yep. show from there on out. Uh, the Crown. Uh, this is about the life of Elizabeth the the second. Um, I it's right up my alley. I just haven't had time to watch it. Uh, season three of Narcos. I wasn't as interested in because I was already super personally interested into the Pablo Escobar stuff. I'd already i I'd, I'd discovered that whole thing because I really liked Black Hawk Down and Mark Bowden, and then I read Killing Pablo, and I kind of and and also one of my favorite. Uh, Tom Clancy books is clear and present danger is kind of a fictionalized account of the CIA fucking around in uh South America in the drug trade and I was predisposed to that and they went into season 3 was an entirely different well not entirely different it was a, it but it was a different cartel from the Medellin cartel mm. I just wasn't as interested in it but I've heard a lot of people say it's even better than the first two seasons because they got rid of you know blonde barbie FBI agent and focused on um uh, Agent Pinya, I believe is his name, which mm. is uh, Pablo Pascal. Is mm. that his name? Yeah. yeah, Prince Oberon. And he was always the best part as far as the good guys in that show. So I need to give it a, t- check, a second uh, glance, but I didn't see it in 2017. It's got some real blast from the past potential. Dark! I've seen the first episode of that. This came out um, just before the holiday break, and I totally could have watched
1: it, but I saw the first episode do, and
0: you don't like because I I thought it would really grab you in like a German existentialist. Uh, <laughs> what's that uh, fucking that triangle pie? No, not pie. Uh, the time travel movie or the Primer. Primer. Yeah, it had a lot of Primer vibe too. Yeah,
1: I, I mean it With was a, an interesting setup. It's like sure. it's like
0: a, it's like a teenage German Stranger Things version of Primer is what it felt like. I don't
1: me. understand the Stranger Things comparisons, Young honestly. kids
0: in the woods fucking around? I mean, and, if that's as far and, as you're and, gonna
1: and, go, that, that's uh, not why I like Stranger Things. Uh-huh. Because it's young kids in the woods fucking around.
0: No, but it has that flavor. It's got, like, it's, like, mm. there's you know, like, I think It and Goonies and all those shows about young people getting into, uh, over their heads and, and dealing with it and with, with their limited understanding and skill set and heightened sense of emotion, and that's a genre. I don't, I don't remember any of the Goonies
1: having, like, their father commit suicide and that kind of stuff
0: well you don't know what happened at, you, don't, you don't know how that real estate thing all shook down that's if you fair. don't think sean austin's dad didn't eat a gun then uh when yeah. he got slapped at the taxes on on those jewels uh, <laughs> uh and then Mouse got some kind jewels, of crazy but... brain virus from holding that that stuff in his mouth that was like you know 300 year old corpse dust on it uh yeah anyway dark uh yeah it was so an you're interesting not in finishing dark it's an interesting setup i
1: i don't i don't know Maybe. I have another
0: i feel like i got another six weeks before bald move gets really crazy, and I mm-hmm. probably will see i mean i'm gonna give dark another three or four episodes if it doesn't continue to grab me then then I'll be out yeah uh insecure, I really was high on the first season insecure i just not had didn't have time to see the second season, hmm. which I've heard is excellent um. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a comedy that a lot of people love, and it's just a procedural comedy that I – I don't know, man. Like, every time I watch an episode with my wife, I enjoy it, but not in the way – like, I I just – my patience for conventional sitcoms – I like sitcoms that are fucking weird and out there and kind of make me think about things, like the BoJack Horseman's and the Lady Dynamite's and the Always Sunny, or something like Always Sunny, which is just consistently – Tra- crazy fucking shockingly funny. Um, Parks and Rec is about the only one mm-hmm. in the last 10 years that was a conventional sitcom that I really dug. Yeah. Um, so this is us. I don't know a fucking thing about this show. Every single time I watch a trailer or a commercial, I it looks like a schmaltzy. Uh, Network drama dramedy, and I, everyone says I'm wrong, and, but yet my er, my will to watch it just continues to, to drop. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, if you want to hate me for it, fine. I don't care about that show. Yeah, I haven't seen. It's like, like The Good three. Wife. It's like I don't know any other. Sh- Really highly rated show that I just didn't modern. The family. good place
1: probably should have been on this because that was apparently like a really great show this year. Um, that I just shit. It
0: didn't even make the notable exceptions list. I know. Double dumbass on well, us. We just
1: forgot about Alt it. And catch
0: fire. Why did yeah. why, why did you let everyone down on this, Jim? Uh, it, well,
1: <laughs> I'll let everyone except a certain person down and just take all the blame for it. It was it was my fault. I I did not. I don't know. I didn't have the will to see through a *Halt and Catch Fire* podcast this year, even though last year was really great, and I hear this year was even better. Uh, it's a real shame that this is not in the drama category, and that I have not seen this season because mm-hmm. I hear like it's the final season of the show, uh-huh. which it sucks that it's not going to get any recognition
0: because I just didn't watch it. But what am I going to do? Uh, *Fear the Walking Dead*. I heard from multiple people whose opinions I respect that this is the best zombie show that's ever been on television. I need to hear that for like three years running before I'm even going to think about it. Well, guess who's come for season four? Scott <laughs> Gimple. Mr. Scott Gimple's taking over creative show running duties, so I don't have high hopes for its continued future, but I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Uh, 1922 and Gerald's Game, I saw both of those. Jim didn't, um, and they were great uh, I thought they were they they were good Stephen King adaptations of his different novellas and uh, I think 1922 is the bad, better or scarier of the films. Uh, holy shit! Don't watch that film if you have any kind of fear of rodents or rats. Hmm. Um, but they just I don't think they're well. They, they fall were, into the they the, were kind of lightweight, lightweight in that the TV thing. Yeah, they, and, and they're they're well made, well acted, uh, you know, well written because it's it's based on Stephen King um had great performances by robert greenbrier whatever the fuck his name is and carla gugina and uh who's the to son the, the 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 played the the private or the 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 detective on the expanse thomas jane mm, yeah really great performance by thomas jane in 1922 it's mm. just it was uh it, it's it's uh you know it's a it's a halloween's scary scary time type of movie
1: yeah, and we don't... It's a genre. We don't genre have, films. Uh, that's the other thing that I guess we didn't talk about in the meta when we were talking about Amazon Netflix movies is we don't have a category for movies that we didn't cover. Yeah. Right? Is, like, yeah, we have commissions and we have first-run ball movies. Th- it's not going to go in the drama category yeah, I was gonna because say, it's going to the,
0: lose. There's, a, like, if we're talking about... Movies, you're right, the, maybe these don't even belong here Because like, if you're talking about movies, noble exceptions movies Oh my god, there's like a dozen we probably right. should have watched and we didn't and yeah. Movies that we did watch and we shouldn't have So mm-hmm. uh, let's slide on down to the next category Blast from the Past, which we formerly called the boomerang category These are TV shows or movies that came out not in 2017 That we didn't watch until 2017 So they're not eligible for anything except for us saying ah, That was a pretty good thing Uh, The original run of Twin Peaks uh, I did not watch it all I used the different essential guides To watch essentially all of season one um, And about eight episodes from season two And I really enjoyed it And I was amazed how they went from A kind of Northern exposure feel Of an FBI crime investigation show to an all-out existential dread horror film by the end of season two uh (laughs) how they 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 bent that arc and and made it and made it work and i had a lot of fun watching that show and i'm glad people commissioned it which which kind of sparked that thing happening um my partner here (laughs) did not feel any of those things no, uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad I got. Oh, to watch I felt it. the existential horror and dread. <laughs> That's what just I said, like not one. For the same I want to live watch the season two finale just to see what the hell you think of it. Uh uh-huh. um, Anyway, two Death Note. Take it away. I, I don't even know what this is. Oh yeah, this is the the anime from
1: what 2006 2007. Uh, my girlfriend got me into it last year, and we watched a lot of it um not all of it though uh so i don't know how it ends but they i guess the reason it's on here is because they made also a netflix movie based on it this year which i think we're going to talk about at some point but i don't know i i like the concept and i think the anime actually deals with it in a pretty interesting nuanced way um which i don't typically think of anime doing but oh hmm uh, I, I'm I'm an anime novice so the stuff I've seen is probably not the like best of anime um, but yeah Death Note for people who don't know is uh, a story where there's a book where you write somebody's name in it and they die and you can define how they die you can define when they die or what they do before they die stuff like that and this kid finds it um, he's a high school student and oh Jesus yeah and he's he's like a genius too um, and then he a misunderstood genius um is he made? Is he, is, no, is, is he, is I, I he... think he I, he probably becomes misunderstood eventually, or would say that he's misunderstood. <laughs> well, yeah. Once he starts using the Death Note, um, but no, at first he's just a pretty normal kid who hmm. sees a lot of fucked up shit in the world and thinks he can help. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I think it's definitely worth a watch. Okay.
0: Uh, Wardaw, uh, wait no no A Very, very Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas So my wife and I went through and we watched a lot of Christmas stuff, that's kind of our thing to do during Christmas That's everyone's thing to do mm-hmm. And we found this gym that I was dimly aware of From 2015 uh, The conceit is Bill Murray is doing this Christmas Extravaganza during the weird Summer or the, the fall Or the winter Hurricane slash blizzard that gripped New York City And the power's out And no one's coming and he's having a a crisis, a uh, career crisis, and it's set in this like dimly lit diner in his apartment. And there's a fantasy sequence in a studio where they get to do some larger splashier stuff. And it's just it's just a lot. Of, if you if you have any affection for Bill Murray at all, mm-hmm. you should watch this at Christmas time. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot, lot of the greats. Uh, it also added the song the 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 uh, the R and B funk song San- Santa Claus needs some lovin uh to cecily and i's uh christmas christmas uh he does a uh, music list it's lonely up there at the north pole uh, uh
1: my finger was hovering over the play button on a very merry christmas you should it, it was a good time this season but this i did time. not watch
0: it uh war dogs oh yeah this is um jonah, jonah Hill. hill's lord of war is what i assumed it was going to be essentially yeah and i liked lord of war a lot
1: that's a that's a really good movie and this one i would say is a little bit more fun than lord of war hmm. um it's more of a comedy, okay? Because Lord, Lord of War is a
0: dark comedy for sure. This is too, um, is but I think
1: there are more laughs in it. Um, and it's essentially the story about like this guy who is sort of down on his luck and trying to provide for his family, and he is not very good at sales. But he teams up with a guy who is, um, and who kind of has all these contracts, but who is this total loose cannon, Jonah Hill? Mm-hmm. You might recognize him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get this like huge government contract to uh sell weapons essentially or deliver weapons and they 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 start like selling some guns on the side and they do a lot of they make a lot of big mistakes to um the kind of lead them down the road of selling arms to people that probably they shouldn't be selling arms to and being in scenarios that they would rather not be in mm-hmm. uh and I don't know if you're looking for a I don't, I mean, it's, it, what if there's all an is dealer fun. that
0: goes to bed at night and think, man, I sold all the right weapons to all the right people this year. No, nobody. I feel good about every, every explosion and bomb and right. bullet that was fired.
1: Yeah. That I, I made money I from. it. I mean, um, they probably jo- just Jonah don't Hill in this all. movie is as close as it gets to that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I don't know, it's a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. And if you're looking for something in the vein of, of Lord of War, but a little funnier, I think War Dogs is it. Uh, Judge Dredd? Man, I watched the original
0: Judge Dredd again. I did not like that movie. That's I... a bad, bad movie. Surprised you hear that, to hear you say that, because if I recall, Rob Schneider is terrible in it. But I actually th- w- really enjoyed Stallone's Judge Dredd um, the way he would like just chew out. This, like like spit out the words like when he's talking to his gun, he's like, "Armor piercing," and he'd do so. I thought he made a really good Judge Dread. It's kind of a Pierce Bronson effect. Like he was a very very good Judge Dread that had a mediocre cash in attempt at the I, license.
1: Sure, yeah, I can I can get behind that assessment of it. I just think it's man, you need to go into that movie looking to make fun of a movie to huh. have a good time because that movie is bad. Okay. It's just bad. I mean the dialogue is bad, the scenarios are bad and stupid. It's got Rob Schneider in it. It's all
0: bad. Do you think people would like the new Dread as much if Judge Dread didn't exist? Because I felt like I was So I had never seen the original Judge Dread until this year. Okay. So like you I'm thought, convinced. Oh, okay, okay, because I I I've often wondered that because Judge Dread as much as I like uh Stallone was not a great movie. No. I don't think it's as bad as you're saying it is, but then again, <laughs> it's been five, six years since I've seen it. Uh-huh. Whereas I thought Dread was just amazing, but was, was it because awesome. of the contrast? like I was thinking that it would be the sh- silly stuff, like, oh, shit, this is like a, mm. a deadly, serious, well-done Judge Dread movie. Um, So you're you're the good control for that. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen Judge Dread before I saw Dread. And you really liked Dread. I
1: really liked Dread. I think okay. it, it was more like a style thing. I yeah. think Dread was really
0: cool because of the style mostly yep. but
1: it also didn't have a bad story so
0: do you think this makes it into the main the main show i'm starting to think that the boomerang is like uh like boomerang and meta like this is stuff that's probably not, not even going to be talked about in the actual award show right i don't think we got to rank these okay um, yeah i hope not it, it's really tough to rank the we are they're ranked the boomerang it's, stuff it's just, because a, it's just the, the thing the order i typed them in right yeah and
1: how are we going to rank stuff that you haven't seen this sure. year and I haven't seen this year? These, and... these
0: are just things that didn't fit in that we saw, and like I guess yeah. I don't know. Uh...
1: No ranking required.